This programme was first broadcast on Otago Access Radio and made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. This is the profile of 20 young poets on Otago Access Radio, a series celebrating the literary talent of young people in Dunedin. Every Wednesday at 5pm we will hear from another young Dunedin poet about their passion for writing and listen to some of their written work. Episodes from these series will be replayed at 9.30pm on Thursdays and 2.30pm on Fridays and available online from www.oar.org.nz and iTunes. My name's Joseph Corbett. I'm presently a student of law and politics at the University of Otago, and I tend to be involved in a lot of oratory extracurricular activities. So uh, examples which spring to mind are debating, um, improvisation, a bit of stand-up comedy, and uh, musical theatre. I've honestly been I've been involved in creative writing ever since I was I was really really young you know in, in, in primary school sort of level I think I've always kind of had a very a creative playful imagination and that really that really carried through into my teenage years and the way that I would often express that was through writing so I honestly can't recall what my first uh, piece that I would have been proud of was but um, in, in particular terms of, uh, of poetry uh, I'd say that I first got started doing that around about the end of primary school, start of intermediate All of those interests I only really acquired towards the end of my high school time but by that time I had been writing for a very long time um, I've always considered myself quite eloquent in, in on, on paper and I've found that that carries over quite well into into the spoken word so into you know improvised speaking and um and performance i find that just an understanding of not only language and not only having you know very addiction and a broad, broad vocabulary but also an understanding of how you can make small alterations to the way something is expressed to change the meaning completely very uh very helpful so i'd say that's Creative writing and poetry were definitely the starting point which led me into proficiency in, uh, in the performance area. I'd say that the resources which were available to me in terms of bettering myself, in terms of uh, writing and, and, and oratory skills, were definitely supplied to me. I'd say that in terms of extracurricular activities, I had a couple of opportunities at primary school, but that wasn't really carried through into high school. Uh, I'd say that after that, most of my development definitely occurred within the classroom rather than of my own volition outside of school. I kind of feel like your ability in creative writing is very much contingent on you and on your knowledge. So I'd say that the skills that you learn in class are definitely helpful and that was what I found so particularly towards the end of my high school my my time at high school I was uh, educated more and more in more nuanced forms of literature literature understanding kind of differences between romantic style poetry and um, classical renaissance styles and verse and all of that and that came through in my in my writing uh, outside outside of what I was actually required to do so I'd say that it's definitely not constrained to classrooms, but I think that 
the more you know about literature and the more experience that you have, which you will obviously gain out of classrooms, uh, definitely helps. But if you know someone takes it on themselves to educate themselves in literature, I don't see why they would have any would see it any differently. Brightest sun, green earth, and rolling sea were my companions where I was raised. No schedules then, all rigid boundaries, but for the turning heavens, a distant haze. My future, all planned out in form well done, drawn o'er the witten tapestry of life. Yet none could have predicted all to come. So deep within my blindness was I ivre. Who are these? Why cry they, Farana? Wherefore rut they in Forsyth's beige bowels? Rainbow skin and hair, this alien congress, ubiquitous on campus green and hall. Flurries, golden blue, these rampant apes, uttering raucous names I've never heard. Jarring forms of every size and shape, inebriates, but drunk on weighted words. These, my kin. This horde of bumbling rogues. How can I succeed in such company? These, the academics of tomorrow, are subjects of the phrase superiority. But time, I learn, peels back this violent veil, behest before my sightless ignorance. For he who sheds minority is special, beholden to this city's southern brilliance. I face no grave dilemma, blanc ou noir. Amidst this rolling scape of students' heads, is it so different here? I think, nah, just a change of scene to take my stead. Liked or not, this culture is my own. I don my scarf and wear it like a crown. So I wrote that last year. That was、um, my entry for the inter-college poetry competition. So I was at Aquinas College at the time, and that kind of—I felt like that was kind of expressing what I imagine a good number of students were thinking when they first joined up, particularly coming from、um, places like Wellington, definitely a more kind of a, a laid-back hipster culture, and then perhaps from overseas as well,、uh, not really being exposed to the the sporting culture, the drinking culture that we have down here, and being surrounded by people who may well be. Be the same during the day, or be you know very similar to you, and then completely change after dark, and you know turn into scarfies basically.、Um, that was what I was really trying to embody. And the other thing, the the other aspect,、uh, which is worth noting of that poem, I suppose, was that I was setting myself a challenge to write it in verse,、um, which was basically just for the sake of. Uh, setting it, setting it apart from or more orthodox styles of poetry, which might be written in prose, I felt like giving it verse, giving it rhythm, would definitely bring across the meet the underlying meaning in the in the in the poem a lot more.、Um, so yeah, basically trying to capture an idea which is probably prevalent in Dunedin's student culture, and then bringing that across through the written word. Um, was what I was really trying to achieve there. I always tended to become、um, smitten with poets and other authors who I was who I was sort of compelled to study as part of my curriculum from the beginning.、Um, so I one particular author who stood out to me.、Um, his name actually escapes me at the moment. He was one of the war poets. He was one of the he was the one who wrote Dolce et Decorum Est. 
So, I mean, anybody listening will probably know know who I'm talking about. Um, but very, uh, very uh, a, a standout author in that area, and understanding the context in which it was written, and understanding the the effect of all of the different literary um, techniques that were used in his poetry, really altered the way that I saw that kind of poetry. Aside from that, I'd say that I'm consistently a fan of Robert Burns. Um, I've entered three competitions for the Dunedin Public Library in the past and consistently excelled in those, uh, which was basically to do with writing poetry in uh, in the Scots uh, lead, as they'd call it, in the Scots language, um, as as was the case with my poem ode to... Uh, sorry, um, thank you, Robbie Burns. Um, so I'd say that reading his poetry, I, I, it's a very enjoyable experience because it's a fun language. Um, it's always written in verse. It always has very good written, so it's, uh, it's rhythm. So it's just a real pleasure to read. So I'd say that um, Robert Burns, definitely. And also, I'm remembering his name now. It's Wilfred Owen. Uh, Wilfred Owen as well. Tis near gallus, peely wally thought, tar ye liberty o' any sorts, a target which many after sought for final peace. The fight for freedom, a war that must be thought to split man free beast. Doch nee for this the bard is known, beyond his pages, songs and poems, such wonder in the feet a man is shown twin crafted lines. The truth will leave your mind ablown as did to mine. Not an century before Karl Marx engales and t'other pompous shucks. This knowledge, me it tear thy sack o' shugly head. T'was Burns that hae the tendency to back words o' raters smart and revels red. A man's a man, and to a mousy small, were first some examples o' his long haul. Quill pen in hand, prepared to ball with Nian sob, to spread words of freedom, ten and all across the globe. What consequence is this to me? Wherefore do I lament to thee, to affect the Burns's work on I is strong indeed, free foundation of my being, no lie to my life's end. In southern Alba, what is more revered than slaughter o'er fallen our neighbours kindred, or then our bands in colleges unhindered, in motherland twas satisfaction not privileged, not in New Zealand. Only work, O Scottish settlers brave, for these ideas good they dinner strief, and these thoughts they guard as stiff as staves bereft of fear. To set example to mate his rife with sanctions drear. So thank ye, Bardo Alleyway, that fashion life so amicably, hech sick to owe sich few to give away for blessings boughten, but ne'er will in this society ye be forgotten. It's funny, actually. The first um, contact I had with that was in a Horrible Histories book, which is like, you know, children's, children's history. They had about 10 or 15... They had a list, list of 10 or 15 Scots slang words, and in the first poem that I submitted for the Robert Burns uh, poetry competition, I just used all of them. And they were really random words, like they were um, words like shoodly and peely-wally, which was basically uh, just... Ju- really juvenile terms as far as the Scots language goes. It's like, you know, calling somebody a simpleton or, or the like. Um, but basically I just found room for those in that poem and just kind of slotted them in and then just 
um, mixed up the spelling on all of the other words to make it look like they were in the Scots language. Uh, after that, um, I learned a lot of words from reading Burns, and I also found like plenty of lists and resources online that had had the language and had um, translations. Um, so it was quite straightforward, honestly, getting a hand of the Scots language and being able to shape it and put it into put it into verse form uh, wasn't actually that challenging. I think that because uh, this is particularly pertinent to Dunedin, no doubt why Robert Burns is so revered here is because it's a it's original. A, a Scottish settled city, um, and I think that something something which is overlooked from time to time is the effect that the Scottish had on the um, Romanticist Rev- Rev- Reformation, um, and the effect that that had on culture. So the point of my speech was basically to talk about how these new ideas which would turn into socialist um, dogma, turn into the sort of thing that people like Karl Marx and Friedrich Engels would talk about. Uh, this idea that humans aren't beholden to authority and that humans have inherent worth and that human that, that worth is seen in relation to your environment rather than in relation to people around you and in relation to, you know, the the hierarchy of of society, which was prevalent around about the time that Robert Burns um, started writing. That can be attributed to a lot, in a large degree, to a lot of the romantic poets, and Burns was really kind of the progenitor of of that movement. So I wanted to express that idea that Robert Burns basically kicked off what has become... Uh, through kind of the liberal movement, fundamental to uh, Western liberal democracy. Um, And I basically, through, thank you, Robert Burns, um, kind of, I I think that 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 idea was was really kind of adequately adequately expressed. I'd say, like, it's... um, It's absolutely a discipline, and it's an academic discipline. Um, And, I mean, like... Towards the end of high school, when it when it when my writing became a lot more academic, of course, like there was less and less room for a creative uh, slant on everything. I think that if I were to go into academia, that would be quite useful, just because um, nobody enjoys reading uh, dry, uh, featureless bodies of of work, which is. Which has been the that has been the hallmark of the legal profession for centuries, and that is something which really I think hits a lot of people, particularly just within the first year of studying law, um, is just how dense these materials are. So coming across a at least a um, piece of writing which is written a little bit more. Uh, Creatively is not the right word, but I'd say just it's not dry. It knows how to captivate people. It uses expression. It uses various other um, linguistic and literary techniques to to establish, you know, not only the important parts of its um, of its argument, but maybe an actual interest in in whatever the, the, t- the text is talking about. I'd say that if I were to go into academia, I would strive to be the sort of person who would write those sorts of texts. Basically, you know, someone whose works can be a pleasure to read and can't... and aren't don't don't send a shiver down the spine of the next generation of law students when they see me on the on the recommended readings list. Um, I don't actually know what my aspirations are within the field of law, but... In the event of academia, that's the that's the main way that I can see a bit of um, 
of nuance and um, you know literary technique are manifesting themselves. Take the time to learn as much as you can about different forms of literature. For me, my um, I, I say this myself. My um, the standard of my writing, I felt dramatically increased at the point where I started learning about um, different literary styles, different authors and different techniques that each of those authors used uh, in relation to their um, to their environment so I did um, speech and drama towards the end of my uh, high school, my time at high school and um, there is a great deal of literary work, uh, material to work with there that's where I did a lot of Burns a lot of Wilfred Owen, a lot of um, renaissance uh, poets as well like kind of after the days of shakespeare and i'd say that studying their um styles or even just becoming accustomed to their styles through constantly reading them that was extremely helpful to um getting a better understanding of how to get ideas across how to do it in such a way that captures the reader or the audience and um yeah, so I'd say that my my recommendation is that is to learn as much as you can about um, different forms of writing. Partic- like if any, you know, if a, if an amateur poet has a particular style, then read as much poetry within that style as you can because you learn what has been used, but more importantly, you learn what hasn't. You learn what is rarer, and you learn where the in- there is room for innovation. And that's how I think. Um, like that's how I think you will leave a legacy in in literature. I found that because I lost Thank You Robbie Burns from my hard drive and then I found it again online. So I'd say read some of the um, read some of the Dunedin Public Library's Robert Burns uh, winning entries, particularly in the youth category from 2013 to 2015, and you'll find me there. Um, aside from that, I suppose keep an eye in the in the university literature competitions as you might see me. But that's about as much um, certain knowledge that I can give. That was the profile of our latest young poet on Otago Access Radio. This project has been supported by the Dunedin City Council's Creative Communities Scheme, Dunedin UNESCO, City of Literature and Dunedin Public Libraries. If you would like to get involved with this project or any future Youth Zone projects, you can call the station on 471 6161 or email youthzone at oar.org.nz. This program was first broadcast on Otago Access Radio and made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air.